all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we are talking about Halloween. So it is fun for some, but is it for everyone? Do you like being scared, or are you one of those people who just can't stand it? Do you thrive on the adrenaline rush, the adrenaline rush that, that fright brings, or do you really try to avoid it at all costs? So what scares you the most? What do you think is the reason that people like being scared, or why you do? There's some science behind why the scary stuff is so popular, and we'll talk about that today. And But I'd like to hear from you. Um, so virtually everybody knows what it feels like to be really scared, right? That pounding heartbeat, fast breathing, nervous perspiration, butterflies in the stomach. But whether it's fright that's caused by watching a horror movie or listening to a ghost story out in the woods, or prowling through a haunted house. Um, Halloween, some people actually revel in the, the feelings of being frightened. So I want to talk to you about that and want to hear from you as to what scares you the most. What was that scary movie that you still remember? And how did it make you feel? Um, when you are frightened, do you become angry? Or do you find that it's exhilarating and, and you love the, the scare? Give us a call. Join in the conversation. Uh, you can call one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send your story in to family at mpbonline.org. So... You know, there are those people who thrive in the latest Friday the 13th movie or a Stephen King novel. Um, Some people like reading things that are scary more than they like watching them. I'm one of those. Um, Some people relish the roller coasters and maybe even something as um, risk-taking as skydiving. They, They love to just be terrified. So for some of us, it seems unimaginable that anybody could really enjoy that kind of panic button stuff that goes on. But the truth is that it's not uncommon for a lot of individuals to put the envelope. In fact, they're probably, if you look at our population, over half of individuals really love that that kind of, of fear, that scariness that happens. And, and some like to see how much fear they really can tolerate. Um, 
It seems some of that is because ultimately they feel a sense of satisfaction that they were able to do it. But there's some science also that says there's really more to it than just a sense of satisfaction of being tough. And um, as we move along in the show, we'll talk about what exactly that is. Um, But what about you? Are you one of those who loves to be scared? Do you like the wildest roller coaster ride, the scariest movie, the haunted houses, the ghost tours? Or do you have no understanding of it? Let's let's just see. So often um, at the end of a terrifying movie, have you ever done this? You've, you've come out of a terrifying movie and you walk out of the theater sort of with a profound sense of relief. Are you, is that because you're happy that the film's over? Um, Probably not all of that. There is a psychologist, uh, Frank Farley, who, gosh, back in the 80s, wrote about the type T personalities. And he said those are the thrill-seeking personalities. Uh, He described that back in the 80s and and said that these are men and women who thrive on the uncertainty and the intensity associated with activities that most people consider to be sort of hair-raising like I've already mentioned, bungee jumping, roller coasters, skydivers, the thrill and the rush, the element of fear um, that motivates you to push. And and at Halloween and, and during the periods when we're um, finding the scariest costumes we can dress in and the scariest uh, haunted houses that are out there, um, that's probably a minor version of it somewhat. But um, anyone who who engages in this kind of stuff can can tell you that um, there is an adrenaline rush, and that um, according to Doctor Farley, he says that that it's the physical sensation that can accompany being scared, that adrenaline rush, the racing heart. Um, releases those neurotransmitters we've often talked so much about, um, dopamine and serotonin. So at the end of the scare, many times you feel almost calmer. So as we're looking at Halloween, of course, I know that Dr. Stewart on his Kids and Teens show, I believe it was last week, talked about uh, Halloween safety. And of course, we always want to make sure that we stay safe and we take care of our kids and each other. Um, but at the same time, there can be a lot of fun in explore, exploring um, and experiencing some of that fun fear that we see um, when we talk about the goblins and the witches and all of that. That excitement seems to, to cause life maybe to be a little bit more interesting. So I'd like to hear what you think about that. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 So Dr. Farley says it's the excitement. It makes things interesting. It keeps you going. Um, and, um, you know, 
Helen Keller said, life is a daring adventure or it is nothing. So I think Helen Keller, who, gosh, one of the bravest people in the world, I think, who was blind and deaf and experienced things that none of us hopefully will ever um, because of the sensory deprivation that she had to experience, had had such a profound uh, love for the adventure. So... um, Jay, as we're we're talking, you know, back back in 1998, uh, there was a, a survey that was done uh, to determine which films people regarded as the scariest things they'd ever seen. And can you guess some of the seven deadly f- films? The seven scariest movies. Yeah, the seven uh, scariest. The Exorcist. Movies. Yeah, that's one of them. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it. It. Well, you know that didn't make it. Let's see. Um, I don't know how old that is. I know. I, I know the one that just came out. I think is a remake, but I'm yeah. not sure about yeah. how the first one went about. So they were Scream, Friday the Thirteenth, The Shining, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street. You already named The Exorcist, and then Poltergeist. Ah. Ah. Uh, so, my husband, I, we were talking about this this morning, and he said the very first scary movie that he watched, um, his mother didn't know he went to this movie. He Uh-oh. was six years old. He went with his two cousins, who happened to be girls, and it was the creature from the Black Lagoon. That's how <laughs> old we are. <laughs> he said he watched the whole thing from behind his his seat in the movie theater. He was terrified. Um, his his girl cousins, who are a little bit older than he, loved it. They thought it was wonderful, and they thought he was so funny that he was scared. And so, of course, for a six year old, that's that's one thing. But um, I have a similar story. I, yeah. I think um, it's probably why I don't like horror movies now. Of course, my my take on it is. Um, and I'm this way with reality television, mm-hmm. often, which is just a bunch of manufactured uh, drama. Uh, yeah, drama between yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, if if like if you want a reason to be scared and frightened and watch people not be able to behave with each other as adults, just go outside. And there's plenty of that to deal with in the world. Why do we want to subject ourselves more to that on television? Right. You know. So. Yeah. But I saw a movie uh child's play oh uh, when i was i don't know i think i was nine when that came out or something like that but i had my grandmother had had she had made me this uh i think it was a raggedy andy type doll uh and i had that way before the movie but it looked just like the uh chucky doll so uh, that was that lived in my room, so that that he had to go away. Yeah, he had to go. That petrified me well into my at least up until last week. So. <laughs> well, you know, actually, um, I'm a grandmother, as many know, and um, there is a doll that I had in my house, uh, a beautiful porcelain doll I thought was lovely, and my grandchildren um, who had somehow seen bits and pieces of that movie um disapprove of that by the way um (laughs) 
were terrified of that doll. And I had to, at first, I put it in the closet in the bedroom in which they were going to sleep, and that was not okay. No. I had to take that doll outside and tell them that it was gone forever. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, that kind of stuff can be terrifying and <laughs> and difficult. So... Um, yeah, I, I just got past to me. There's some other. The, Ch- the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, another scary one. Um, the Fun House from 1981, uh, another uh, Chainsaw Massacre uh, movie. So all those are, are really scary. Why do you think people just get so into that and others just avoid them? I'm one of the avoiders. I don't. I don't like watching them. Um, And I'll tell you, after we go to this first break, a little bit about the neuroscience behind not just the neurochemicals, but, but what else is going on in our brains that sometimes we like this stuff. You can give us a call. We're talking about Halloween, why we like to be frightened, or if you don't, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and this is Relatively Speaking. Today we are talking about fright. Why some people like being scared, um, what is that about? What kind of personality likes being frightened? So I'm asking you listeners, how does it make you feel? Why do you enjoy the fright or the thrill of something that is really scary? Um, what kind of feeling do you have afterwards? I would love to hear from you to, to have you describe what, what that is about and why. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Um, Jay and I both have uh, professed that we don't really enjoy it so much. We kind of avoid those scary movies. But, um, you know, there is some information that that maybe the excitement makes things more interesting and keeps you going when you feel like your your life is is dull or maybe too worrisome. Maybe it's a distractor. Um, let's go to the phones. We have Rick and Grand Bay. Rick, what do you have to I, say about I, this I think, topic? I think uh, Sprite kind of a, uh, turns on our fight or flight reaction. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I think that some people 
get an adrenaline rush whenever they get afraid, and some people get fear. Nah. I get fear. I used to, while I was a kid, I remember when TV went off. You know, it wasn't 24 hours. Right, you know, it did, like yes. At night. <laughs> and where I was at, Channel 7 Eyewitness News on Friday night would say, it's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? You know, I uh, grew up during that time. Ah, uh, yeah. On Friday or Saturday night, I would stay up and watch Outer Limits or Twilight Zone. Sometimes I'd fall asleep after that. I'd wake up after the anthem and everything else and the plane flying over. And when there'd be that dead silence and that kind of, buzz on the TV, you know, like, and it was like dread fear, like the world just ended and I'm the only one left. (laughs) That could be, yeah. I've been through Vietnam. I've been, I was a POW. None of that ever scared me as bad as that. Now I suffer the fear and I have that same feeling. It's a dread like of being alone. Well, that's really interesting. So you, you were in the military. Thank you for your service, Rick. You're and um, and you say that 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 scariness, that fright, was um, uh, from movies. Was was even more. That's interesting uh, that you would say that. But it's pretty amazing how. How fearful we can get from something that is not real, and um, I know that that just talking. Haven't you ever seen a child who is absolutely terrified of something? And and it is so you work so hard to explain to them that it is not real, but that fear is real. And you're absolutely right. We talked about that, Rick, earlier, that the the it is an adrenaline rush. It it appears that 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 adrenaline rush, that fight or flight, um, for some is is one of those very positive things ultimately. Um, because it raises dopamine levels, it raises serotonin. Those are the neurochemicals that make us feel ecstasy, elation, happiness. So um, maybe in the thick of the moment when you're so fearful, it's, it's not making you feel elated. But after it's over is Imagine, the other. Uh, well, one, well, one comment. Imagine sure. the... the, the, the adrenaline rush a child has when he sees mommy and daddy fight and he feels like their family's going to fall apart. Hmm. That's the well, damage that's done to them. Yeah. That silent fear. Yeah. You know, well, never addressed. Yeah. Another whole topic. And I know um, yeah. last week there were a couple of shows on domestic violence and an important topic, but but so not the same because the the fight or flight, the adrenaline rush phenomena that you get with the fun fright um, that we're talking about, the movies or the ghost houses, is that once you get through it, you're able to have the relief that, oh, I did it. I'm through it. I'm gone. It's kind of like the mountain climbing or the skydiving or the roller coaster rides. That thrill is something where you, at the end of it, 
it's over. Now, now, Rick, what you're talking about is at the end of something like that, when parents fight or there's domestic violence going on, it's not over. It's not over. No. So you still have that that low grade anxiety that is so it's destructive. You're getting involved in a relationship because your parents <laughs> didn't. Your parents didn't work. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for your call. God bless you. Thanks for starting the conversation. I'd love to. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. So the the neurochemicals, those feel-good substances, come into play with fear, like we said, the endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, the neurotransmitters and hormones are released, helping us prepare to fight or flee. So what else does it do? So if you have a release of those neurotransmitters, if you've been worried about bills to pay or um, that project that you know is due and you've got to get that done, or maybe even that relationship that maybe is right or maybe is not, um, it that when that fight-or-flight phenomena kicks in, you suddenly have a distractor. No longer are you thinking about any of that. Your mind clears out. Your attention now shifts to, oh, my goodness, that's scary, or what is the next noise, or what's going to jump out next, or what's happening next in the movie. So you have instantly cleared your mind of some of those things that may be preying on your mind and perhaps causing you to have a lot of anxiety or upset or sadness or whatever it might be. So the experts in fear and why people like to be frightened uh, say that this this type of um engagement in the scary movies and all is perhaps why people do it. It It's a wonderful distractor and um, you get to, to have a relief that you survived it. You were able to get through it and perhaps um, now uh, your mind is a little clearer and um, so you have the feeling of the fact that you did something good. So We've got some open lines. I want to hear from you. Give us a call. Tell us what you think about all this. What was your most scary movie? Um, Do you participate in Halloween, or do you think that maybe too much emphasis is on the scary stuff, and maybe we need to stay away from it? I'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. So, um, I have a little tidbit while we're waiting for you guys to call in. Um, Do you know what causes those butterflies in the stomach? I know you've all felt them, but let me tell you what that is. They're actually a part of that body's fight, your body's fight or flight response when you feel like there's a threat. The stomach muscles get... um, extra sensitive during the flight or 
fight-flight response. It's, um, it's actually because their neurons along the, the brain-to-gut axis, I think many people know about the fact that irritable bile sometimes can be when someone has a lot of anxiety and all. So what happens in that brain-gut axis is the stomach, uh, the, the brain lets the stomach know that we're about to freak out, something bad's about to happen. And so it it kind of shifts you to cause some some muscle reaction. So it's a little, those flutters um, are secondary to, again, a neurochemical reaction. Um, so a lot of connection between the brain and the gut. So the, the, the shift in thinking can kind of set the stage for a feeling of being able to escape from from your thoughts, the troubling thoughts, we we get to just take a break, um, and so we're better able to to forget some of the things that um, that bother us. All right, well, let's go back to the phones, and we have Alice in Holmes County. Who you have a cartoon comment, Alice? Yes, yes. Hi. It's just a, a little side note from what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't believe in pursuing a lot of the Halloween things myself, um, you know, because of my faith. I don't believe that it's good to deal with a lot of that. But my comment was about when I was very young and expecting, um, an, an old aunt came to visit us, and uh, she she was... Um, at my mother's house and I was there and we were looking at something that was on late at night. It was more or less a cartoon. It was just little critters that ran around and, and I guess they were supposed to look like cats or something. I don't know. You remember the you're probably too young to remember the Felix the cat. Oh, I'm not but too young. It was similar to that. <laughs> right. But it was kinda like some kind of little figures that were running around and and I remember her remarking to me very young and gullible and she said, you want your baby coming here looking like that? And I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, it, it didn't really frighten me. It wasn't something, because I'd heard old wives' tales, as we all have. But um, back then, there were a lot of those. They said, if you really got frightened by something, that it would mark your baby. Oh. And so I was young and expecting, I think it was maybe my first, and... um and she remarked on that. I know you you know a lot about that, but the thing that the old people would say is that if you look at something scary, it's going to mark your baby. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting because it wasn't really a horror movie whatsoever. It was just a cartoon, but it was just little funny-looking things that, that were running around and... Uh, and she remarked that that might mark that my marked. baby. I thought it was interesting. Well, you know, um, well, thanks, Alice, for your call. There, there are a lot of um, old wives' tales and sayings about um, what fear can do to you or perhaps what um, some of those things that are out there at Halloween um, and why they're so fearful, why they strike fear in someone. Um, so uh, I'll just make a side comment on on the why the there might have been some question about the fearful stuff marking your baby. There is some 
evidence out there that high anxiety during pregnancy is not good for you. Now, that is high continuous anxiety. That is something where your body is continually, like we were talking about with our our first caller. So you're continually in that fight or flight mode, essentially, always anxious, always worried, always a little bit of that high blood pressure, that um, rapid heart rate, that's terrible for your body. Actually, there's no evidence that those short bursts of fright or um, being afraid or scared um, for short bursts, there's no evidence that that's uh, bad for you at all. And like I said, sometimes it's a, it's a distractor. So um, I appreciate your call, Alice. Thanks for calling. Long ago, they used to have a lot of old scary movies that were on late at night if you sat up late. Oh, yeah. But these were not really that scary. But to her, it just was something that I remembered, and that was a long, long time ago. Yeah. Well, thanks for your call. We'll go on to our second break now. And um, as we move along, uh, we need to hear more stories about what scares you and, and why do you think it really scares you? Do you think it's something that you enjoy? Is it something that you avoid? And what do you think about the Halloween celebration in general? Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Join the conversation about the holiday fun. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about... Halloween and fright and why some people like being scared and some don't. Are you one of those who thrives on the adrenaline rush that fright brings or do you avoid it? Well, you know, it appears that there are sort of two groups of people. Some love it and some hate it and avoid it. And it appears that probably around two thirds of individuals out there like it somewhat. So I want to hear why, why you enjoy it. What does it do to you? And is there some, even if you love being frightened, is there something you don't like um, that you really like to avoid, even though you're one of those people who can enjoy it? You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're going to go back to the phones. We have Elliot in Hattiesburg. Good morning, Elliot. Good morning. Thanks for Thanks calling. For having me. Um, what frightens me? Well, of course, what used to frighten me when I was a child were things like skeletons and ghosts and things like that. And by the way, I think Halloween is a great, great um, thing to that 
you know, kids can celebrate and everything, too, and uh, it's fun to dress up. And so I think it's healthy for our society, um, and it's healthy for the kids to have a place to go out to. I, I wish there were more homes that were open that could give out candy. A lot of times they go out into the neighborhoods and hardly anybody is out, you know, giving out candy these days, unfortunately. But uh, but I think it's good, uh, and it's good, you know, uh, you think about Halloween, it comes right before All Saints Day. And so you have a contrast of, if you think that All Saints Day is something that's very good, Halloween could represent something, maybe uh, the contrast of that. And sometimes we don't know how good something is until you see the contrast. It helps us develop more, more awareness. Oh, that's an interesting point. You know? Yeah. Um, but I'd say what scares me these days are things that are more ordinary, um, and it really People scare me, ordinary people, and even things that we're all susceptible to, which is ignorance and selfishness, you know, and um, uh, wanting to do violence toward one another, you know, and that those are things that scare me much more, and those are things that are can be very ordinary sometimes, not just the extraordinary skeleton or ghost, but the skeletons and ghosts of our society, if you will. Oh, gosh, Elliot. Yeah, again, we're talking about the 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 two contrasts between what is that quick fright that um, you've survived from and then that long term um, scary, fearful feeling of that things just aren't right and maybe that we're in a dangerous place. And so you're bringing up um, an issue that just tells us why, um, why, you know, when you first start thinking about it, why can fright be okay or even healthy for some and why for others it's it's not so much. And I think you're bringing up the, the point that, that I'm trying to communicate here is that that long-term fearfulness is terrible. And so if you long-term feel like our world is a dangerous, scary place, that's bad. If you, um, and so, yeah, I think that you're right. I think, Elliot, there are a lot of people out there now who, who do feel the the concern about that. And so I think it's really important that um, if you're feeling like you're you're chronically worried about what's going on in the world, maybe it's a good time to avoid the news for a little while to to try to get yourself back to the center and try to remind yourself about the good things that are going on and and not the fact that it does seem to be a mean world sometimes out there. So, yeah. well, And Halloween is good. Um, we need fright, to, uh, and along with the other emotions, to help make us more aware and hopefully aware of, of the good things. And I, I think we need... Um, we need holidays like Halloween so badly in our society, and um, so I think it's a force for good, if anything else, you know. And we, if we had more dress-up days, I, I would welcome that. I, I mean, I think we we need that to heal and uh-huh. and to become aware of uh, that. Some things, uh, even though we may be frightened a lot of times, they're not really so frightful. We need we need to be maybe frightened of other things that we may take for granted. Right. 
Right. Good point. Um, you know, I was just thinking as I was getting uh, a bunch of texts this morning from my grandchildren who were dressing up and what they wanted to be and the excitement they had. And and I think it is. It's an opportunity for the kids to have an imagination and to have pretend play and to, to pretend who they get all excited about. So it can be very positive. Um, now, I know there, there are many people out there who worry about the 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 demons and the satans and all but but honestly um, what I've seen is is a lot of fun creativity that has happened with the celebration of this holiday now Elliot I want to mention something that you mentioned at the very beginning and sure. and that is that you found it a shame that a lot of people aren't in their homes giving out candy and I, I believe right. what's happened with uh, because there were some scares several years ago about horrible people um, putting bad things in candy that um, parents have gotten much more protective about that. But I know in our community around here and um, in other areas around Mississippi, and I'm sure in other states, there are a lot of neighborhoods that get together and have their own um, neighborhood parties that they police very well and watch over. There, there are many other organizations that have the trunk or treat where right. um, all of that is done with good supervision and safety, and that's really important. Um, so I just hope people, if you if you find that your neighborhood doesn't seem to be participating in something, I bet you can find something out there in your in your community that's going on that's designed to make it fun for kids. So right. uh, thanks for joining in. Thanks for your call, Thank you. Elliot. We've got some more open lines. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You could actually, if you have something you want um, your community to know about as far as a Halloween celebration, certainly feel free to call in. Okay, let's go on. We have Mikey in Mobile. Mikey, you have a comment about control. Well, I'm thinking that control has something to do with it. I'm sure you know a whole lot more about this, Dr. Buttress, and you can make my my random thoughts a lot clearer. Um, uh, the, the thing, what comes to mind for me is that, first of all, if you're watching a movie, believe me, I love horror movies. I have always loved horror movies. I think I've seen just about every one, except for in the last... Um, well, quite a while, maybe a decade or so. Um, but I would be willing to watch them. I mean, um, but the, the difference between watching a movie or reading a scary book. Now, I have read some interesting science fiction that can be pretty scary. Um, but the difference is that you can either put the book down, you know, even if you spilled your cop popcorn, you can change the channel or you can get up and leave the movie. Um it's not the same with, I agree, and it's interesting that the, the, the two gen, that it was gentlemen, the two gentlemen who made the same point that the things that really are frightening are things over which you have no control. You know, um, that's you, a great point, Mikey. It really is. Um, even, yeah. in, even in war or under um, uh, significant stress, um, uh, there's a kind of coldness that can overtake you emotionally because... You've had the training. You know you've got to do what you got to do, and you just do it. 
you know. Um, but you feel like you have what control you have over it, and you know, even though you don't have control over the ultimate outcome, you still have that control because you had the training and you, you know, you practiced. Yeah. I, gosh, I cannot imagine. Um, I guess the the training for someone who serves in the military is what, what you have to do, even though I know many times they don't have exact control of what's going to happen next. Um, certainly that's not there. But I think your point on, on control of some of the fun, why some people um, enjoy the, the fright uh, during some of this is that you're right you do have control you can get up and leave a movie you can um, put the book down Um, you can I guess if you go into a haunted house turn around and go back the other way I've certainly seen kids do that in the past Um, but uh, perhaps the the control has something to do with the ability to enjoy this Um, now certainly if you get on a roller coaster you can't um, stop the roller coaster so you have to go all the way through it Um, I know there are plenty of people out there who are always in search of the the one that is the fastest and the the wildest so Again, um, that it's that adrenaline rush. And even when you don't truly have complete control um, at the end of the fright, uh, you do feel that surge of being probably more self-confident and more energetic. And that's what thrill seekers tend to say is that they feel like they conquered something, kind of like um, climbing a mountain. So thanks, Mikey, for your call. Thanks for joining in the conversation. We'll take our final break. And when we get back, we'll talk a little more about the difference in true fear and um, and fright, that continuous anxiety and fear and why it's bad for you, but the fright, why maybe it's not so bad for you at all. We still have plenty of time for you to call in and talk to us about what you plan to do uh, this evening. Um, or if you have any other thoughts about the, the fear, fright, and anxiety, just being scared, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Talking about Halloween, we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about fright why some people like being scared, why some don't. And um, during the break, the question came up. I think it's a really good one, and I think this is something we probably need to address right now. 
So you probably know that individual out there who seems like whenever there's calm, um, there seems to be this need to inject some drama into it. There seems to be the need to cause some upset there. Um, Why do you think that some people are unable to allow things to be calm? We've talked about how fright can be something good. It generates that fight-or-flight phenomena, but it also generates those um, neurotransmitters that make you feel better, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin even. So what what is it that, um, so, so when that happens, you have that upsurge um, of those, those hormones, those neurochemicals that make you feel um, maybe transiently a little bit better. We've talked about how continuous fight or flight is, is bad for you. But we also talked about when you are engaging in the drama of the moment, if there's somebody who injects drama every time, there's got to be something. Um, what is it doing to that person otherwise? Maybe they're using that as a distractor. Maybe there's something that's going on in their head that is continually um, bothering them, thoughts that they can't get out of their head, um, obsessive thoughts, maybe obsessive worries. And when they inject drama, then there gets to be this significant upset where people are discussing um, maybe very specific things so that it's a distractor and it takes away maybe those internal thoughts that one can't let go of. Now, that's something um, that perhaps when you have an individual who is is always finding something to be upset about, does, does that mean that intrinsically they're an unhappy person who's trying to distract themselves from their unhappiness? Does that make sense? Um, maybe it does. Maybe it's one of those issues where um, that's an individual who perhaps needs to talk to somebody to be able to figure out why they're doing that. So I would suggest if you're one of those people out there or if you have a significant other who seems to not just enjoy the quick little frights or the the general um, ups um, that perhaps uh, a thrill-seeking kind of experience can cause, but they just always need something to be going on. I would I would suggest that that's most likely an individual who needs help need someone to talk to, needs a professional to talk to, to perhaps help them um, through whatever it is that's deep-seated, that's in there, that's not allowing them to be able to experience calm. That's completely different than the other issues that we've been talking about today. 
So um, if you're a thrill seeker and um, you're 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 enjoying that, that's fine. Keep in mind if you're a thrill seeker to the point that you're doing things that are incredibly dangerous and putting your life at risk, then perhaps there's something else also going on with you. I'm not talking about someone who likes roller coaster rides, but someone who continually. Um, engages in very dangerous behaviors. Same kind of thing. What What's going on in your mind? Do you need some help? Do you need, are you engaging in this kind of behavior as a, a distractor? Um, I've promised you that um, our next show, uh, we've talked a lot about um, depression and um, suicide Potential, and I've, I've promised our listeners that our next show uh, coming up will will be on that very. I know we're going from um, something that seems fun and happy, um, but scary to something that is is very serious topic. So next week we'll be um, talking about suicide, suicide prevention, um, what some of the signs and symptoms are. So um, today on Halloween, I hope everybody is happy and safe. I hope you take care and engage only in behaviors that are fun, frightful, um, but not unsafe behaviors and keep all those kids safe. Drive safely. It's getting darker. So as you're driving home this evening, don't forget you've got all those little kids out there who are so excited about this holiday. Let's try to keep it safe for them and um, let them have many more happy happy holidays like this well everybody thanks for listening thanks for calling for our callers today's show is engineered by jay white our call screener sarah i'm dr susan buttress and i hope you'll join us next tuesday at 11 for relatively speaking and stay tuned for npr's here and now coming up next on mpb think radio This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.